Cora. This is Benji Nichols, your host, a podcast project of Inspired Media, bringing you stories about communities that you love by people you trust. I'm so excited. Uh, we are starting a new little branch of this podcast project. As we've said since the beginning, Rhymes with Decora. It's kind of a fun name. There's some cute words that do rhyme with Decora, but not a lot of them. But part of what we're doing with this podcast is telling the stories of our region, telling the stories of our communities, of other places uh, in our greater area that contribute to so much of what Inspired is about. And today I am in Spring Grove, Minnesota, uh, here at Giants of the Earth with a very special guest, Mr. Bill Freed. Bill, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. It is so much fun to be here. Uh, and I am really excited that Spring Grove is the first community we're kind of doing a small series of these shows from. I think it's very uh, a good thing and uh, a very appropriate place to start our journey around the region as well. Yeah. Well, um, welcome to Giants. Thank you so much. So for anybody who doesn't know, Giants of the Earth is right on the main drag right here as you come through Spring Grove, Minnesota. You come through, you might see the cinema and the, the beautiful front of that. And the next building you would see if you're headed uh, through town is Giants of the Earth. Bill, um, tell us just real quickly on the history of this building and what, uh, what, how it got here. Sure. Well, Giants of the Earth as an organization is about 12 years old uh, in this building. It's a lovely gold building on Main Street. A number of individuals said, why did you paint it gold? Everything in Norway is dull and white, isn't it? And we said, well, have you been there? <laughs> it actually is quite colorful. And so we wanted to do something that uh, made it stand out in this wonderful building that is on the National Registry. Uh, it is an 1890s hotel uh, in Spring Grove. Our town had about four of these at any given time. Wow. And this building we put on the registry because uh, most small towns ha had this sort of structure, but very few of them exist anymore. Yeah. And so we wanted to give people a chance to take a peek at what that would have looked like had you come to town on your wagon or on the train that came through town and visited. And of course, in a very important piece of history to Spring Grove and many towns, but the train yes. uh, yeah. it was a, a main feature. Of yeah, the train came through here for exactly 100 years i don't think they planned it in that fashion but 1879 <laughs> to 1979 when the last rails were removed but it is the existence many towns in the upper midwest have uh as why they exist at all yeah. uh the the train companies of course created many places and stations along the way for the farming communities and that was no different here uh, we had uh, a movement in the 1860s by one of our uh, founding fathers, Munz Flatiger, to lobby them to come with a narrow gauge railroad through this area from Brownsville through Caledonia through Spring Grove and eventually out west and reconnected wow. in Spring Valley to the rest of the area. Uh, it played a part in our history here because many people came to Spring Grove, the first permanent Norwegian settlement in the Minnesota Territory. And when it filled up, uh, they spent some time here visiting relatives and family and then found places further west. So they'd hop on that very train and go to Mankato or they'd go to St. Cloud or they'd go to the Dakotas yeah. and find places to live. And so while we've always been a community of around 3,000 people for much of our existence, many individuals treated us as, if you will, a portal to the rest of the upper Midwest. Mm -hmm. And so they would come back and visit their relatives. And uh, so we've always had this strong connection with Norwegian immigration to America. 
And uh, we as an organization, Giants of the Earth, which is a biblical term as opposed to the literary term, <laughs> yes. uh, that would say, you know, these were the giants that came and immigrated and these were the ones who made it possible for others to come. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so we've had uh, reunions here every 10 years on a seven year. Uh, we've had reunions since 1907 uh, to invite those people back to Spring Grove. And uh, we, we surely needed a, a center for those people to come to. So we have this wonderful place illustrated and decorated by Sigmund Orseth. Yes. Um, Striking throughout the entire facility. Absolutely. Yeah. Well known as kind of the father of rosemulling in America would come to the States three or four times a year and teach rose milling to people at Vesterheim and elsewhere. Uh, and we asked him, would he tell our story? And so he said, yeah, let me interview you. Let me discover that story. And then I'll come and uh, design uh, this hotel in a Norwegian style. And that's what we basically have here. So not quite rose mold, but there are elements of that as well. Absolutely. And I have to say, I, so Aaron, my wife and I have followed the, the, the you know, uh, history here of, of Giants in the Earth since, uh, you know, a decade plus ago. And it's been really amazing to watch the process of the building um, here just this past spring, May-ish of 2022. There's been sort of a re-grand opening. If people haven't been here in the last uh, six months, year, yep. uh, it's, it's currently fall of 22 when we're having this conversation. But if they haven't been here, they really need to come walk through the building. Yeah. It is absolutely stunning uh, what has been done with the building. Um, yeah. and, and not only, uh, of course, all the work that's being done inside the building with the displays and the history and the genealogy and all those things, but the, the actual building itself is uh, just incredible and yeah, gorgeous. Absolutely. We uh, took advantage of our COVID world uh, since we yeah. didn't have many visitors coming through and we installed an elevator uh, to allow us to use all four levels of our building uh, for display, but also utilitarian purposes. We've expanded our ability to host groups uh, coming to us with a larger kitchen environment and so forth. Uh, but to basically uh, redesign it and make it ADA accessible so anyone can get to us and through around and keep that style. So we've gone back yeah. to the 1890s uh, inception of this hotel. Uh, but made the hallways just a little wider yeah, not, so we not can get around. Not an easy trick to do to <laughs> not a, at uh, 1890s building. <laughs> but it's easy to imagine what it would have looked like here to come to yes. this area and check into this hotel yeah. uh, that went by very many names over sure. the end. The most popular one was the Ballard House, although it had oh, been yeah. the Anderson House and a whole variety of other names, depending on who owned it at the time. Of course. Uh, but this was a staple of many small towns, whether you had a, a a train coming through or not people needed a place to stay yes yeah and so this was this was that answer um to those times there are lovely stories of people who would come from decorah up to uh spring grove and uh do a night at the the monthly sons of norway activity in a local building that no longer exists oh, wow. called yield opera house and but it was basically a day trip uh, to get up Locust Road to Spring Grove and then sure. stay overnight because uh, it would get a little late and then hop <laughs> back on uh, the wagon and head back down to Decorah. 
I love that story. It's something I, we laugh about now. And Aaron and I, in the work we do in the region, we are up through this way quite frequently. And even this morning on my way here, I was thinking, you know, I, I left myself a half hour, but I didn't account for the, <laughs> the other tractors and the wagon. And you think about the history of what it used to take to get somewhere. It was a very different world. Um, well, usually the way I start these shows, I should back up just a little bit, sure. uh, Bill, uh, and introduce you as well. Um, so you've been here in Spring Grove for, for several years. Uh, your mm-hmm. wife is from Spring Grove, correct? Yes, yes. I came to Spring Grove in 1980 to be an educator and spent the better part of the last 43 years teaching here in this district, but found a lovely Norwegian girl and we fell in love and had a, raised our family here and we're still here. So, <laughs> How did you find your way here to Giants? How did you get involved with the, the process? Oh. Well, uh, part of the story of that is that my wife is a Rosendahl, and her grandfather was Peter J. Rosendahl, and he is the creator of the Ola and Per cartoon uh, that occurred in the Decora Poston uh, for the early half of the 20th century, but is still actually being published elsewhere in the world, although he's long since passed. And... Uh, that heritage and that story, and uh, I'm nearly half Norwegian, <laughs> and so it gave me an opportunity to explore a little bit more of that element of my family. Um, so Giants uh, is an evolution of a, a thing called Spring Grove Area Past, Present, and Future, mm-hmm. uh, and then it evolved into Giants of the Earth uh, as an organization to kind of uh, capitalize yeah. on that Nordic background. Uh, many people have heard of the expression of Norwegian Ridge, which was the original name of Spring Grove. Yeah. But it also was basically everything of the ridge between the upper Iowa River and the Root River uh, just north of us. Yeah. Uh, we had thousands of Norwegian immigrants come to this area. Well, that's something I think a lot of people don't understand, too. I think, uh, and sometimes it almost feels like uh, there's this story of uh, Norwegian-American immigration and that, you know, our region has sort of uh, used that as a jumping board, but it is very real. Very Um, real. And when you, you know, even as far as across the river, when you go to, say, Westby or, uh, you know, Stoughton is another area, uh, yeah, further east, yeah. Those original folks found their way one way or the other, either up a river or down a river or across the country. Yeah. Uh, and started walking up the hills Absolutely. until they found a place that looked like home and, yeah. and put something down, right? Yeah, well, and this area was a very forested area living in the uh, driftless area. You know, the topography is different uh, 10 miles west of us here. Yeah. It starts to become prairie quite quickly. This area wasn't that. This reminded people of many parts of Norway, surely not mountainous uh, peaks, but the rolling hills and so forth. So this was very similar to the type of agriculture that they could practice. Mm-hmm. And a number of those things of building buildings, but also building barns, utilitarian barns, bridge barns are fairly ubiquitous in our area. And that simply allowed people to drive their wagons to the top floor of their barn yes, and offload their their crops into bins below and then they would milk on the lowest level. But using gravity uh, was something that was very, very common to a Norwegian farmer. Sure. And found this area as, as helpful in that sense. Absolutely. Well, and that idea of finding somewhere that looked a little bit like home, but then of course, as soon as someone did that, the word got back that, well, hey, 
This yeah. is actually a, this is kind of a nice area. <laughs> Absolutely. Quite interestingly, uh, we've had a number of contacts since we've reopened. And one of the things we found and have been asking people for is that communication back to Norway. And just the other day, we got a, a, a lovely offer of printed but digitized and translated correspondence uh, from back in Norway, about 90 or so different correspondence of what one family spoke to their relatives and basically said, well, you know, I don't really want to encourage you to come over because then it would be my <laughs> fault if it doesn't go well. But if you want to, I could maybe find a way to help you. It sounds pretty Norwegian offhandedness, <laughs> right. doesn't it? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> so that's part of what we do here is to try to collect those stories. We have a database right now through, uh, uh, oh gosh, Ancestry.com sure. of over 100,000 sure. names of people who had spent some or entire, their entire lives here in Spring Grove. Wow. And so people who come back looking for my great great grandma lived in Spring Grove for three years. Can you tell us more about her? We get those stories and they've been coming to us, well, almost forever. Yeah. No. <laughs> but we do have a research library upstairs that can help people understand that as well as looking at more modern technologies and helping insisting people with DNA genealogy. Absolutely. So uh, those people who aren't maybe te technologically advanced, uh, we help them do the tests and interpret those scores that come back and find relatives and including some people who have come and said, well, I didn't really know who and where I came from. And grandpa and grandma changed names so much, I'm not really sure about. We're able to help them fill in those pieces with both traditional and more scientific uh, genealogical work. So that's yeah. really exciting. And that genealogy work is really incredible. I mean, it's, and any group has those stories and those things. And I, we're obviously talking about more of the Norwegian uh, immigrant end of things these days. But the, the differences that happen, the names that change, the yeah. things that happened over time are so interesting. Uh, and you really, you, you have to do a little digging usually to, to get to where you want to go. You really do. And it's, it's not atypical for people to say, well, my grandpa, his name was Cornelius, but I've only found a guy named Charlie. Is that is there a connection? And then he changed his name from Anderson to Longacker. How did that work? And uh, those just happened to be some of the things that happened in my family. Wow. <laughs> to say nothing else of everybody else who just got tired of that name and changed it. Yeah. Or the, the one letter difference, right? Of the Absolutely. sons and the sons and the how yep. it all switched yep. over history and time. And, and abbreviations getting thrown in on top of that. Oh, uh, yeah. it, script writing, you know, about 100 years ago was yeah. a lot different than what you're finding now. Yeah. Public we, records were a little different. Yeah. We have an individual here who is fairly adept at reading Norwegian and reading Norwegian script. And so he's able to, after a little bit of study, help us uh, unlock a number of those areas. So really quite fun. Wow. Yeah, this is a great conversation. Uh, Bill, we're going we're gonna to eke into a quick little break here. I'm talking sure. with Bill Freed here at the Giants of the Earth uh, here in Spring Grove. Giantsoftheearth.org is where you can find all the information online about what's going on here at this amazing center, a community center, and so much more here in Spring Grove. This is Rhymes with Decora. I'm Benji Nick. Your host, a project of Inspired Media, uh, and this is the first of a series that we're doing from other communities around the region to tell the stories uh, of communities you love by people you trust. So, uh, Inspired Media, I love Inspired.com. We're gonna be back here in just a second with Bill and talk a little bit more about Giants of the Earth.
Hi, this is Erin Henning Nichols, founder and editor in chief of Inspired Magazine. Rhymes with Decor is brought to you by Inspired Media, bringing you positive news since 2007. Find us on stands across the Driftless, or check out our new website, or become a member at iloveinspired.com. Creating stories about communities you love by people you trust. Thanks for being inspired. Hey, that's the one and only Erin Henning Nichols. <laughs> you don't get to hear from her as much, but she is the. Uh... The genius behind Inspired, really. I'm the nuts and bolts. That's what I like to say. I'm Benji Nichols, Aaron's husband, if you didn't know. Uh, and we are here today on Rhymes with Decora at the Giants of the Earth Center in Spring Grove, Minnesota. Bill Freed is my guest. And uh, Bill, it has been so much fun here this morning already, just walking around the center with you. Uh, we took the elevator up to the third floor and kind of walked our way back down. And the first thing I have to say again is just the... Uh, how beautiful this building has uh, turned out. Uh, there are so many interesting historical buildings in our region, but um, just walking through, there's a real sense of history, but modern history and updated uh, things that have really just come out you know, stunningly here. Uh, so it's a really great format to tell the story uh, that Giants is telling. So kudos to everybody, certainly in the Spring Grove community, who stepped up to make that happen over the years and certainly many campaigns uh, and, and a yeah. lot of hard yeah. work. Yeah, we put in a, a, a more than a few pennies into the building and we almost got it paid for but of course you know we're always wanting to maintain and contribute and and develop a bit more um yes. so we we are about 90 percent through our capital campaign uh, but if people are interested in this activity and what we do here at giants whether it's program or the physical thing we could uh, surely use your assistance uh going to our newly updated web page that's been updated in the last year and redesigned uh you'll find many opportunities uh one of the things that we have is an opportunity to memorialize ancestors uh, in our main immigration hall, we have the names of people who immigrated to America. They don't have to be Norwegian, but at the moment, most of them are. Uh, we kind of like, uh, oh gosh, there's that uh, lovely song, 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall. Uh, we would like to have 99 names of immigrants on our wall. And so whether you're Norwegian or Swedish or Finnish or even German, uh, if you have ancestors, this is a lovely place to come uh, we put your ancestor's name on the wall, but we also collect your story. Yeah. And we have our own YouTube channel, giantsoftheearth.org, and we would love to sit down with you and do an oral history, much like we're doing here today, yes. and learn about your family and commemorate who those people are and so forth. So there's lots of opportunities. And of course, we also are mostly driven by memberships yeah. and a bit of grant writing. And so if you'd like to become a member of giantsoftheearth.org, just go to our webpage and there's multiple opportunities for you to become a member. Absolutely. And then and that's what it takes to keep a, a history and a legacy alive, right? Yeah, and to tell absolutely. those stories, uh, especially in this day and age, it's uh, it's an important uh, effort, um, certainly for those in the future to learn from as well. Right, it's, it's an amazing. One thing. of the recent things that we've been doing is interviewing farmers. For those who live in this driftless area, you understand that it's not like going out west, yeah, uh, where you farm a straight line for a mile or two and then turn your plow around and come back. <laughs> uh, farming around here was much different so we've sat down with nearly 50 of the families who have had farms in our area and we're putting together a, a feature film that you might have on a documentary style on uh, public television or so forth and we're about halfway through that project 
of getting it all figured out and editing and then finding some footage, if yeah. you will. And she used some of those uh, historical imagery of what it looked like when grandpa built a log cabin. Uh, and we, everything was farmed with horses and then steam engines and then modern materials. I really, I really love that story. And I think there is a rich story to tell. It certainly happened all across the plains. But here in the upper Midwest, it was a little bit different in how those things came to be. Um, and just actually the history of the tractor, of course, has a lot of, yeah. of depth here in the Midwest. Uh, but also those early immigrants, those farmers, those people who came and, and realized what they had here uh, and were farming in soils that they had really Really only dreamt of mostly right. uh, yeah. but also back, had to do it a little differently absolutely you go to Norway and really it's a little over 3% of the actual land it was tillable land and uh, farming uphill and downhill uh, <laughs> Both quite ways. a bit. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, here it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all this with all this land? And of course, um, you know, the ability in the 19th century, thanks to Abraham Lincoln, to come over and farmstead and put your sweat and tears into it and improve the land and it eventually became yours was an incredible dream come true for many people who came from a place where the only person who got the farm was yeah. the eldest son yeah. of your family. And if you had more than one child, uh, you were pretty much out of luck. This was an opportunity here. That said, um, one of the unfortunate elements of it all was people came here and there were people living here before us. Yes. Uh, they didn't necessarily live our style of modern farming today, but they were here nonetheless. Spring Grove is an interesting place uh, partially because of some treaties that were made in the 1830s and 1840s that made this part of southeastern Minnesota going mostly west but a little bit south through Iowa all to the way to what is Nebraska line. Mm -hmm. There was kind of a 50-mile-wide space that said uh, anybody can come into this area but very few people were allowed to live here and so this land was kind of wide open in the 1850s as a result wow. uh, and and available even though the Ho-Chunk Nation was here and to the north just slightly was the Dakota Nation and to the yes. south just slightly was the Sauk and Fox Nation, um, this was kind of that in-between land yeah. uh, that that was here. And that's kind of an interesting story in and of itself. But nonetheless... Yeah, um, very interesting. Very interesting, yeah. Only imagine those days, too, and the interactions between those groups had to just be fascinating. Absolutely. Right? Such different cultures and, yeah. and things. Um, it is really interesting, and I know there's... A a lot of really great work going on on that front too in the region to tell those stories and to bring that history back to life which is certainly part of um part of why and how we all got here which is an amazing thing um Interestingly here at Giants, we were talking about the building itself and going through kind of the different floors. Uh, as you work your way through the space, what you have are really different little nooks kind of mm -hmm. uh, telling different stories. Yep. Uh, and some of those stories that we saw as we were walking through today uh, include obviously the immigrant experience, but then, you know, the one room schoolhouse experience. Yep. Uh, as well as other specific stories, more to Spring Grove in this area with families who are very important in, in, in sort of settling Spring Grove in this area or how the railroad got here. Yep. 
yep. uh, some of those things, right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the story that you mentioned earlier that you have a family connection to, but with uh, the Rosendahls, and then the um, comic strip uh, that you mentioned, which is, I think is such a rich and interesting story. The Decora Post in <laughs> itself is a is a topic we could I we we could do multiple shows on, but you know, the longest running, I believe, Norwegian language newspaper yep. that was printed for decades and decades yep. that went and all over the country. Widespread distribution, widespread. Yeah. Uh, yes, Peter Rosendahl was a farmer uh, that lived in our area, second generation, uh, primarily out of Hadeland, although he had a multiple uh, background in Norwegian things. His father came over in the 1850s um, and was a Civil War veteran, uh, a Native American War veteran, uh, and then became a legislator out of this area. Uh, Peter was a, a self-trained, well, I suppose she took correspondence courses, as we'd say now, sure. designer and drafter of all things. But as with all farmers in this area, there were no implement stores. If you wanted something, you had to build it. Right. And so he became a draftsman and uh, designed some barns, designed a tractor that they used on their land, uh, a whole variety of things. But in the process, he liked to draw on everything, much to his <laughs> wife's chagrin, uh, even drawing on the tablecloth in their kitchen she would get after him repeatedly would you please use paper <laughs> and he would draw and uh in 1907 we had a homecoming activity in spring grove mm -hmm. that happens still to this day every seven every 10 years on a seventh year yep and people came back and by 1917 they said well peter you draw pretty well can you draw us a little <laughs> postcard and we'll mail it to people who used to who know of Spring Grove, and that'll encourage them to come back. And he said, yeah, sure, I can do that. And uh, in the process of mailing that out, the Decorah Poston saw his cartooning and said, you're not so bad at that. Wow. Would you, would you consider drawing a cartoon or so for us in the newspaper? And back in this time, you know, there were tons and tons of cartoonists and this was a very large draw but being a sure. Norwegian language paper um, he said yeah I can do that so he drew uh, oh, a handful of them one winter he says you know I do still farm yeah. he said yeah 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 you can do that uh, but make sure you you draw a lot of them oh in the winter goodness. and then when when field work starts we'll give you some time off and so he started drawing, and by uh, 1918, he was showing up every week in the Decorah Poston. Wow. And Ola and Per were the two characters that he created. They both eventually had wives. Uh -huh. uh, they both eventually had siblings that were a little uh, unique. Uh, <laughs> some might say alcoholic at times, but nonetheless, uh -huh. uh, characters. And they would get into troubles. And so if you look at cartooning out of the 1920s, and through the 1930s, they were, you know, pretty base, pretty creative. Yeah. Uh, these two local farmers would blow things up on a regular basis and <laughs> not be any worse for the wear the next day. <laughs> um, and there were a variety of escapades that happened. Well, he did this basically through the 1930s. Yeah. And then decided that he maybe had run out of almost everything that he could think of. Wow. And so he put them on a plane and they flew back to Norway. And wow. with kind of an open possibility that he could, uh, they could return, but they never did. Yeah. But to this day, we're still publishing those. In fact, we have many uh, folk who come to Spring Grove and say, 
I have a huge book. Grandpa and Grandma <laughs> would take them out of the newspaper every week Cut and them paste out. them in. Would you like them? And I oh, said, well, my goodness. Oh, yes, we would. But I think eight or nine of them are enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't that funny? Interesting. What I mean, that is just, you know, it's one story of many stories yeah. that are told here at the center. But also, I think something that was really interesting about that is that he, um, he there was a lot of social commentary from the area Absolutely. too, put into that format, Absolutely. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's a very unique thing. And it's a very interesting snapshot yeah. into a region, I think. Yeah, as well. a different time. We've also had uh, the University of Oslo linguists have come over and said, we'd like to, you know, talk to these people who were speaking these various dialects. Oh, we have yeah. maybe 18 different regions of Norway represented here in Spring Grove. <laughs> and in the cartoon itself, not only would you have some Hadeland and some Drummond and some other areas show up, linguistically, uh, today as Norwegians read these cartoons, they go, oh, absolutely, that sounds exactly like that region of Norway still to this day. Isn't that funny? And it's just fascinating. So one of the things the linguists, they brought up a uh, four to six students over and they started to interview these uh, octogenarians and older sure, yeah. who were taught by grandpa and grandma their various dialects yes but they're frozen in time yeah which is fascinating and they didn't just study in spring grove they studied all the way out to Haver, uh montana sure stopping at places that would have been known as norwegian based areas and they could tell you which decade <laughs> those places were settled by what was frozen at that time in the Norwegian language. Isn't that interesting? But then that was handed down to individuals. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, my, my grandma on my mom's side used to talk about um, she did not like going to school at first because oh. she only spoke Norwegian at home. Absolutely. And when she went to school, she didn't she didn't know English. It was a one-room <laughs> schoolhouse. She was here. She, had, she grew up in the U.S. She was born here, but she didn't know English. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and surely the church uh, systems were uh, doing liturgy in yeah. Norwegian because a lot of the their ministers were right. trained in Norway and called from Norwegian seminaries to the States. Sure. Yeah. And a very yeah. key component to much of the settlement of the area yeah. too. Of course. Yeah. Well, these are, yeah, incredible things. I mean, we could go down so many, uh, so many sidetracks of these, <laughs> but I think what I would encourage our listeners to know is that giants of the earth here in spring grove is just a treasure trove of, of stories like this uh, and displays. And really kind of the key things that are important to know is that you're, you know, telling that immigrant story and sharing those displays and artifacts and some of those things, but also the genealogy component is really important people can tap you guys to help do some of that work or that yep. research and figure out more uh, key components to their gene you know, genealogical story uh, and then also something you're really acting of uh, here is just that community hub um, yes. you know giants is really we see that being the place that is doing so many really interesting and great things in the community so. yeah we try to keep ourselves uh, into the the schools in our area we have a program that we deliver to sixth graders called the sixth grade academy that tries to help them understand what mom and dad and grandpa and grandma had been telling them that they maybe hadn't been paying attention to. <laughs> yes. uh, and so we give them uh, also some history of our region and so forth, and then they do a project. And so we do this with a number of our districts in the area, and then they bring them to Giants and have, let them show off their displays. We also do a language camp every summer that's a partial yes. language, partial culture. This last summer, we were focusing on uh, being a Viking, and Kari Turing came down from Minneapolis. She's a, a wonderful expert in that area and taught us how to uh, 
Well, not pillage so much in the area, but at least uh, to look around and see what there was in the forests and what they could uh, live off the land and what they would grow uh, to be a, a sturdy Viking back in the day. And so we had a lovely, lovely work summer. Uh, and mostly elementary and, and yeah, uh, older students. Basically uh, five-year-olds, although that's sometimes a little young. Yes. All the way into high school, we've had yeah. groups come through. And focusing on that Norwegian language yeah. aspect. So you're really getting a lot yeah. of different cultural. And we've even had, you know, grandma and grandpa come with their grandchildren oh, yeah. and both experience it. So it's kind of a reflection, if you will, yeah. of things learned in the past and they're able to pass them on. We've looked at it in the past. And if people are interested in that, I think registration usually starts coming up uh, late spring, yep. springtime. Yep. And that is a summer program. Right. Uh, and usually well. it's a June activity that yeah. we're doing in our area. That's and then we've got a number of activities that go beyond. But you don't have time for all of that yeah. here. But <laughs> do check out our webpage. We've got all of our elements uh, yeah, listed there. Absolutely, Bill. Our, our time has flown by here today, but I just want to say, Bill Freed, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about Giants of the Earth. Uh, and if people are interested, the easiest way, place they can go to to find out the basics is giantsoftheearth.org. All sorts of resources there and opportunities to get involved. Uh, the center is open itself here in Spring Grove from 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday, yep. uh, year-round. So, you know, come up, come by, stop on your way through, make a day of it. Uh, all those things it's a really interesting spot to check out and of course um fascinating things to pick up along the way uh and learn about uh the immigrant story and uh genealogy and all of those things so bill thank you so much for taking the time today again giants of the earth.org is the easiest place and uh, it's been so much fun talking with you oh thanks a lot veggie yeah absolutely thank you for being here You've been listening to Rhymes with Decora. We are telling stories about communities you love by people you trust. A series of shows here from Spring Grove, Minnesota. Here in Southeast Minnesota, so many fascinating things. A beautiful part of our region. And uh, we're excited to share a little bit more in depth with you uh, through a couple of shows here. Inspired Media is uh, the entity bringing you Rhymes with Decora. iloveinspired.com. You can find everything about the show at decora.fun. That is the site. We've got about 20 shows up right now and uh, all sorts of fun stuff from around the region. If you've enjoyed the music from this show, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. You can find him on Instagram at Indicative of Drumming. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Rhymes with Decora. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.